At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we're going. Three, two, one. Action. Are we recording? Yeah, we're on it. All right. All right. Well, well, holler, how is... um, How's the aftermath of uh, the last couple of weeks going? You know, it's finally it's finally fading out. You know, I got. You know what's weird is, and I promise this will be the second. This will be the last week we talk about my dead brother, right? There's, I I keep thinking about calling him on different things, or I think you know what I mean. It's like I don't realize he's gone. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, but I do have his, we've got his apartment, his duplex about, um, about emptied out. We obviously got him in the ground and, uh, he ain't come back that we know of. Um, we've been having these, uh, headstone discussions. I wanted to get a great big, uh, Starship Enterprise. But mom's gonna be on it because mom's gonna mom's got the plot next to him. So then they thought, well, let's get a big one. So I thought, you know, that'd be we could really do an enterprise. But she doesn't want Star Trek on hers. You know, just <laughs> what? that would be that would be fantastic. Right? That'd be, so, I mean, a huge Star Trek enterprise. That's right. <laughs> and they don't see the humor. I mean, you know, we've got some closure on it, right? So now, I mean, we're over the hump, so we can make fun of the whole deal. You want Star Trek, man? And see, I didn't realize there was a, you know, he had a bunch of Stargate stuff, too. And I don't know, what what is Stargate? Is that like a modern, you know, they had to reinvent Star isn't, Trek to be Stargate? Isn't Stargate, isn't it the movie that um, it's like a portal? I don't know. I, you know, when they kept saying Stargate, I thought it was those people that, that mass suicide in California 10 or 12 years ago. You know what I mean? The purple people, you know what I'm talking about? The people that were... Uh, Wasn't that, that star thought, something? Oh, gosh. That was the one where the uh, they were in Haley... They thought the spaceship was in the, in the tail of Haley Bop's comic. Yes. Or something. 
Yes, or something like that. So, anyway, so what was the name I, of that? I cannot get. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, I was going to reach out to Matthew, our listener, good biblical name, about the handles or lack thereof on that fancy casket. Yeah. So yes, we were yes. sitting in there, and the and the guy says, "Do you want handles on it?" And I said, "Well, of course we want handles on it." And they said, "Well, there be decorative only." And I said, "What do you mean they're decorative only?" He goes, "Well, yeah, they we put some nice brass handles on it, but we don't want you lifting on it. We put a groove. There's a groove on the bottom, and that's what you when you hold on to it underneath it, you just kind of hook your. It's like carrying an old log or something. You hook your fingers under this groove because the the handles will not support anything so <clears throat> i said well then don't put them on and they said well it the cost is is nominal and i said that's not the point don't put them on because one of these pallbearers i think i told you maybe offline <laughs> that it was me and my big me and my next brother down and then behind him behind my my brother was to my right immediately behind him was my other brother I was on the left, immediately behind me was my 18, soon to be 19-year-old son, Mr. Naval Intelligence, and behind him was my baby brother, second to the baby brother, who's an engineer, and I said, you know, between Naval Intelligence and engineer, somebody will grab the handles and pull the side out of this damn thing. <laughs> I cannot, and that's a whole, you know, then that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, you know what I mean? So, and we'll never get out of this thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> We'll never get him in. I'm telling him what, 25 and kind of a chilly day with the wind blowing. You know, we told the preacher, and I think, I don't know if I told him, we told that preacher he talked fast. We, he, Mom had to talk to him. Dad had to talk with him. I had to talk with him. And we were on this old wind-blown hillside for 45 or 50 minutes. I'm like, dude, there was no sense in us telling you to talk fast if you're going to sit up out here and never let all these old people talk. No, brother. I'm on the ground. <laughs> you know? Well, well. So, not to change the subject entirely, but since we're talking about funerals, um, I got I I got a call today. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And, and Christy called me, and she goes, "Hey." She goes, "Izzy's, Izzy's this this young fellow, yeah, who um wants to come courting." Once, you know, I mean, come on. How old are they? She's 15. He's got to be 16. I mean, he's got old enough to drive, this kid. And um, so, I mean, I guess they're they're not boyfriend or girlfriend. Although, you know, as much as she's protesting the fact that he's not her boyfriend, it makes me think that maybe she wants him to be her boyfriend. I don't know. I don't want to embarrass her too bad. But either way, she's the fourth one. You know, she's the fourth daughter. So uh, the error of my ways is that I, I always threatened my two middle daughters that I was going to just go ahead and kill one of the guys that came around and kind of hang him at the end of the driveway. Make, it, make an example out of him. Yeah, sure. make an example yeah. out of him. I can totally dig it. Uh-huh. Yeah, like they used to do with the pirates, you know. Yeah. They, uh-huh. So you know, so Christy's like, you know, there he's coming to pick her up, and I said, man, I hope I'm home from work because I'm going to have to have a talk with him. And she just kind of chuckled, and I'm like, no, no, 
I'm going to have a talk with him. I said, we're going to just, I said, we're going to set the record straight. So on my way home, I worked late and, uh, he had already picked her up. So I said, and she told me, she goes, you, you missed him. And I go, uh, I'm going to still make the phone call. So I call his and I said, Hey, put me on speakerphone. And so this guy, he's like, he's like, hello. And I said, Hey, I just want, I, I just want you to know that I expect her to come home safe and sound and, um, you know, not a hair messed up on her head. And he, and he goes, well, uh, yes, yes. And I said, I said, listen, cause he, he got kicked by a horse at Who the got fair kicked by the horse, the boy. At, <laughs> so last summer at the fair, he, he was, uh, at our fair. If you win showmanship in your particular class, then you go to a thing called showman a showman where you got to show animals from all the other classes. You don't get to show yeah. your, you know. so, so Izzy was, cause she's, she won horsemanship. And so she was going for horses. And so she had, um, she was helping him by showing him on her horse, how to do showmanship. And because he wanted steers or dairy cattle or whatever it was, you don't handle horses and steers quite the same way. And so the, some, the horse did something and he tried to yank on the, on the, uh, halter like you would a steer and it ended up kicking him in the head and about knocking him silly. And, and, I like it. and so I like he's, it. A, he's out there for showman showman. He's got this big knot on the side of his head, you know, look like he's growing an antler. So anyway, I, uh, reminded him of, of that kick by the horse. And I said, well, if I go, I just want to let you know that kick by the horse will be hurt about half as bad as what I'll do to you. If she doesn't come home, you know, safe and sound. And he's like, Oh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll drive careful. And, and, and I said, yes, cause I, I, I'd hate for a man so young to have to limp for the rest of his life. And he's like, I, I understand. I understand. I go, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys when you get home. <laughs> and, and so unfortunately I was recording Friday's paranormal podcast episode and couldn't come down and, and, uh, you know, see if he had, you know, was sweating bullets still or not when they got home. So I was kind of disappointed in that, but hopefully yeah. he, hopefully he got the message, you know, um, cause I'm not going to take it easy this time on this one, you know, whoever it is. So if a potential suitor for Izzy's listening, it ain't going to be easy this time. I'm not, this isn't the typical where the last one going through gets away with everything. I think it's going to be worse on her. I don't know how I'd feel about mine going out with a, with a fair kid, an animal raised fair kid. (laughs) Why is it? Hey, I think part of the stuff, half of those fairs, huh? I think part of the date was they went to feed the, the cows. That's exactly. And I've been on some of those when I was younger and, 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 uh, yeah, 
I don't know how I'd feel about that. You know, are, are you are you saying that you? Um, I mean, we've heard the tractor getting stuck in the in the river story, and uh, you know some of those stories from you. But are you saying that you can't trust a farmer's daughter? Or the kind of people that go out with one is what I'm saying. <laughs> Okay. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how else to say it. I'm kind of choosing my words here, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, especially somebody as a showman of the showman. I mean, he might be a flashy guy, huh? <laughs> uh, he's not very flashy. <laughs> I don't think, I mean, he seems like a good kid, but uh-huh. yeah, still water know, runs deep. That's probably, he's probably a closer. He doesn't need to be flashy. Oh, geez. Come right? on. You know, I'm not sure this is making me feel any better about this. <laughs> I'm just replaying it. Cause I got my daughter's about to be 15 upstairs and, and, and I can only imagine some of these, these, these hay rakes around me coming around, you know, <laughs> Of course, now my son started by saying that girl up the street, give him something for his birthday two days ago. And you know what it was? What was that? Hand-tied crappie jigs. And we're going to try them out. I told him, you know what, buddy? We're going to try them out Sunday if it, if, if it cool, if it warms up a little bit. So, 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 girl, so he had a girl give him fishing lures? Yeah, hand-tied crappie jigs. Not just fishing lures, man. Come on, hand-tied crappie jigs. So then she, I guess she took them from her brother or something. So I think there's a backstory, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, nothing says love by hand tied, like hand tied crappie jigs. That's right. She's trying to hook him. That's what she's trying to catch him. <laughs> she's trying to catch the lunker. That's what I told him. I said, if she thinks she's got a lunker, she better have some, some tight line. If she's going to keep you around, <laughs> uh-huh. I guarantee it now. <laughs> Oh. I tell you, we ran the gambit already. We went from brother's <laughs> casket to crappie jigs in 12 minutes and 30 seconds. I just in here, I was worried about what I was going to talk about. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't even know. It's, we're going to, we're in a snowstorm. Is it going to hit you in a day or two? It's coming. It's coming. It's coming tomorrow. Yeah. Ice. It was icy and snowy and kids are out of school again for the second, third. It's the third Thursday in a row that they're going to be out of school. You know, I, I think I speak for probably most of the country. Like, let's get rid, let's get over, over this winter, over the snow. I mean, we get rid of the snow around here and then it comes right back. Uh, you know, I'm tired when, when I lived in Minnesota, the kids never missed school. They missed more school the first year in Missouri than they did the previous seven in Minnesota. Cause those kids just have to go to school in it. You know what I mean? Oh, There's yeah. so much, you know, you get 90 inches of snow or whatever for the year but a year they're just going to school but you come down here and they're calling it off the day before because it's supposed to snow (laughs) i think well i think about that when i think about like the mailman of buffalo you know and you see them those guys walking you know by six foot snow drifts that are there all year long i'm thinking my god i i i would have retired 10 years ago you know, I think I told, I might've told this story a long time ago. Did I ever tell you about the guy that threatened to rip his own eyeballs out? 
I don't, I do not recall a story about a guy. I was talking to a dude yesterday and I told this story and I don't know what made me think about it just now, but I thought, you, cause it was in the snow. I'm going to retell it. Okay. And I was telling how I framed it up with the guy I was telling it to yesterday. I said, the first guy I ever met that was, that had been on, you know, meth or whatever, you know, cause you always heard these, when you get into cop and you always hear the story, oh yeah, when in the 76, we had the 70s, we had the people with angel dust and we had people this and we had people, you hear all this bullshit. And I'm telling you right now, I think there's more dope out there today than there ever was back then. But who am I to steal their good story? So <clears throat> me and a guy named Ronnie was working on accident, a big truck accident, as I've said before, uh, Ag's big here as it is where you're at. And if the product and the truck and the driver all belong in the same household, kids are exempt from CDL. So this kid wiped out a big old 18-wheeler load of beans and two-lane blacktop. The truck cab of the tractor's on one side of the road. The trailer goes all the way across. And there's about 80,000 pounds of beans in the road. Oh, boy. And what they do is they bring this big thing called a grain vac up there and they try to vacuum it all up. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, and so anyway, since the road's completely blocked, my cop car's on one side, I'm sitting in the other guy's cop car and we heard him plucked and it was snowy and but the roads were already cleared, you know, so it was like snowy two days ago. So the roads are cleared today, but the ditches and driveways and stuff still all got a bunch of snow. Well, I can hear them plectron and ambulance out to a place about six miles, a little town about six miles from where we're at. And then at the same time, I can hear the county calling the state, because we were state troopers calling the state, saying, could we help this deputy at an assault in progress? They got ambulance dispatched to this podunk town and i told ronnie i said we gotta go to that and he goes well one of us gotta stay here and i said why we're on two lane blacktop at 10 o'clock at night in the middle of nowhere in the middle of winter why would we have to stay anything what about your car so i hollered it you know there were some farmers some first responders and some tow truck people there all of them reputable citizens so i told this one the tow truck guys i said hey my cop car's on the other side running the keys are in it if you guys get done before I can get back. Somebody take my car to the fire station. Yeah. Uh, so, so somebody else is just going to drive your car to the fire station? Yeah, it's a cop car. I mean, it ain't my car. It's a state's car. I mean, what the hell? They ain't no reason to get uptight about it, is there? See, now you're thinking like Ronnie and the rest of these cops. Okay. It's my not apologies. an extension of me. I knew guys that wrecked them and they go down the station and get another one the next day. I mean, it's not my car. It's the state's car. It's the people's car. And I'm there doing the people's work. And somebody six miles from there needed both of us. Right? I mean, it's just sitting on the other side with the lights on. I, I walk around this wreck and I'm sitting there with Ronnie's car because I'm bored. So anyway, we go up to this little bitty podunk town and the ambulance... I don't think the ambulance was quite there yet. There's a deputy rolling up, same time we're rolling up. There's a pretty decent late model Mercury Marquee, I think so. What it was, excuse me, high centered out in the ditch. 
where he'd back tried to back out of the driveway, but he got loose in the snow and got stuck. And we go in there and there's, and I don't remember now how they were in their 70s, 74, 76 or 76, 78. There was 70 some year old, upper 70 year old dad beat to a pulp. And a 70 some year old mom just smacked around in it with a black eye bleeding a little bit. And what happened is pop dope head son came and wanted to borrow the car and Dad got to riding him about being a loser and being 40 years old without a car, so he started beating up his dad. So then his mom tried to stick up so for him, so then he started beating up his mom. And then he got the keys from him, and he went out to get in his car, but he's so screwed up he couldn't make it out of the driveway and ended up getting high center and stuck in the snow. So he took off on foot. I know I've told you this story. I have not heard the story. Okay. So I'm probably going to erode my audience's uh, uh, confidence in, in my performance here in a minute. But what happened was we could see in the, in the snow, you could, you could, we could track him. You know what I mean? We could see exactly where he went. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So me and his deputy, old deputy, old time Barney Fife kind of guy, skinny, lanky, you know, just Barney Fife. Me and Barney Fife are on foot and Ronnie's driving down the street and we get up this two story old two story house like you probably deliver mail to, you know, front porch, two front doors kind of deal. And I could see a dude looking out the window at us. But then when we shine our light up there. He lets, lets the curtain go. You know what I mean? So we beat on the door and beat on the door and beat on the door and beat on the door, and he doesn't come. Even though we can see the tracks go right there. So Missouri's got something called a fresh pursuit policy. Meaning if you're in a fresh pursuit. so But I went around back in the back and had an old add-on lean-to back porch full of firewood with a little path going to the back door. Right? Yeah. So we go to the back door, and the back door's... Part way open. It's an open door. Knocking on the door. Nobody's coming. Hollering at the door. Nobody's coming. So then we go, okay, so did this guy belong in this house or did he just pick a house to break into after he fled that crime? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got you. So, so I go ahead and help myself into the back door of this house. It's open. And we're, they got a big old, in the kitchen, they got a big old like timber line wood stove going like the hubs of Hades there. It's so hot. And each room that comes off of this thing has a different article of obstruction. Some of them have plastic, and some one of them has a quilt. You know how they put plastic to keep the heat in? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, the good old days. Yeah, and he had a clothesline <laughs> going across. I'll never forget he had a clothesline going across <laughs> his kitchen. And hanging right above the wood stove was a wood was a T-shirt with a, with a rebel flag. And it said, and it was kind of a knockoff. It said Tommy Hillbilly. It was a Tommy Hilfiger knockoff, but it was called Tommy <laughs> Hillbilly. So I moved this blanket away. Just there was a and there was a there was a like an old quilt hanging up to go into between the kitchen and living room, and it had a knife in one corner and a screwdriver in the other. Like they didn't have any staples or anything else. They had a screwdriver in one corner, a knife in the other. And I walk in there, and there's a dude passed out on the couch. Okay. 
he's acting like he's asleep. And that's, not, of course, I've got the deputy trailing me who knows this near dwell criminal. And I said, this him? Nope, that ain't him. So I'm shaking this guy. Hey, you wake. Oh, and he, he's acting dumb. Oh, what? What? What's going on, officer? No, I've been sitting here sleeping all night. Nobody's come in here that I know of. No. So it's like, dude, you just look out the window. No, no, no. Well, nobody's in the house with you. No, sir. No, sir. I said, well, we got these tracks coming from that scene right here. Well, no, I mean, if he's here, it's a surprise to me. Oh, so you don't mind if we look? No, no, help yourself. Well, in the living room, the living room to the side of it, you know, the old houses had two front doors, so they got like two living rooms. And we're on the right living room looking out. The left living room has it, and it's got plastic all the way around to this door going in there and duct tape. You know, to keep the heat in there, and I could tell by one corner that that somebody has pulled that up and put it back down. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I got me, you. Deputy Ronnie, I pull that plastic off. We go in there, and it's an empty room. Ain't nothing in it. Plastic over all the windows, taped down. There's a closet. I open this closet door, and of course, I got a big mag light in my hand. And the closet's empty other than a giant pile of rubbish. You know, like five clothes hampers and, and everything known to man in the big pile. And as I go to turn, I realize something catches my and I put my toe there and I realize this dude has crawled underneath all of this stuff. Right? So I push down on my toe on his leg, foot leg, you know, and I'm pushing down calling him by his name, whatever his name is, Kurt, I think is what it was, but it doesn't matter. Come out of there, come out of there, come out of there, come out of there, and he's not, he's not. So finally I end up, I got a hand on Now remember, I got 70-year-old people getting put in ambulances from this guy, right? He's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. So I want to make, I'm going to introduce him to tough guy here. So I start kicking that pile of rubbish. I got a hand on each side of the inside of the door frame. And about the third or fourth time I pulled back and kicked as hard as I could, he said, okay, I'm coming out. So we backed <laughs> up and he come out and he was a little Captain Caveman looking dude, five, eight or five, seven, five, eight. I don't know. Normal size dude, I guess, 175 pounds. And then instantly he sprang up and he hooked his thumbs on the each side of his eyes with his fingers up in the air like he was making them eight point buck sign or something, but he's got his thumbs and his eyes and he goes, take another step. And I'm going to rip my eyes out. Okay. And this deputy goes, Whoa, Whoa, there's Kirk. There's no reason to get unsane. And, and, and there's no way to do that away. And I said, what'd you just say? And he said, back the fuck up or I'm going to rip my eyes out. And I said, great. And he goes, you want me to rip my own eyes out? MFR? And I said, well, you'll be easier to fight. And no sooner I said the word fight, I dropped that mag light right across his collarbone. Co-op! And he forgot all about ripping his eyes out. And, <laughs> and I got him cuffed, and we're walking out of this junky old house. Ronnie's, this deputy's in Gomer Piles in the front. Or Barney Five, whichever you want to be. He's in the front. Ronnie's in the second. I got captain caveman in the middle cuffed behind the back and me and we're going down this narrow junky hallway on this a porch addition lean to thing full of firewood and he jumps up and bites ronnie right in the back of the 
like the shoulder blade neck, oh. like vampire, like a freaking vampire. <laughs> and of course, Ronnie tries to go forward and hits Barney five, knocks him down, and he falls down, and and Captain Caveman's on top of him. So I got a three man sandwich in front of me with the violator on the top chewing his way to the bottom. And I drop my big fancy flashlight. And I'm grabbing this guy, and I'm trying to pull him off, and he won't come. And Ronnie's screaming, the deputy's screaming, all the screaming. So I picked up the only thing I could, which was a piece of firewood from the top of a tree. Not a split piece of wood, but a round piece of wood about, I don't know, about the biggest barrel on a bat of a bat. And let me tell you, he thought the flashlight hurt the first time. That old piece of oak <laughs> firewood, about the second time I kinked him with that, it was all he wanted. Okay. So <laughs> what? Oh man, I can. I'm just picturing. So then that. he's got blood and bark in his hair, and he's <laughs> demanding medical attention. So we march him right down. About the time they're they're they got dad in the ambulance. They're trying to get mom in the ambulance, and I said, "This is the violator, and he needs help." And they said, "What happened to him?" And he looks at this ambulance guy and says, that mf hit me with a piece of wood. And, of course, these ambulance people and first responders, they didn't want nothing to do with helping him. One of them told him to get screwed, and the other one says, well, maybe he'll give you a ride to the hospital. So we put him in the deputy car, and I told the deputy, I said, we'll bring him to the jail, and then if he really needs an ambulance, I'll get him one. But I got to go get my truck, my car because it's down at the grain truck rack so Ronnie brings me down there and he goes oh my god you think we're going to get in trouble and I said for what he goes you hit that guy with a piece of firewood and I said dude you were screaming for help five minutes ago and now you're worried about me hitting him with a piece of firewood what's the difference so I get in my car and we go to jail and we process the guy and I write the report and I had died to work for some with some at that time some real Dudley do-rights and one of them had a problem with me going in that house without a search warrant. I said, we have fresh pursuit policy. God, I don't know, man. You know, and, and, and really what it was is he wanted to blow, you know, he was on the pro he was, he was, he was, you know, wanting to, to, to get promoted. And, and the way you get promoted is, is the easiest way to get promoted is to go out and do a bunch of good work and score good on a test. The second way to get promoted is to stab a bunch of people in the back and they think you're, it's a straight arrow and you're sharp. So he was trying to blow my candle out to make his look brighter. Okay. So he called the sergeant. Sergeant coming and goes, Oh my God, I don't know. You hit him with a piece of firewood. And I said, That's what I had. You know? Yeah, but you could have done this. You could have, would have, should have. You know what I mean? Armchair quarterbacking me. And I said, Well, I guarantee you, growing up, I used more, I was more proficient with a piece of firewood than I ever was this mace or this little collapsible because they give us they took our pr24s away after rodney king and they give us some little you know it's like a, a little chinese whistle that comes out you know what i'm talking about it it's it accordions out you know what i mean yeah yeah okay. asp. it's a collapsible baton but yeah oh yeah i got a yeah. class another i'll tell you another collapsible stop to baton story next week but for this episode i didn't get the collapsible baton i lost my flashlight and I used a piece of firewood. So, <laughs> fast forward, nothing happens, right? I didn't get in no trouble. He gets charged. Of course, I had a hard-ass prosecutor. I mean, you can't beat up a 75-year-old World War II veteran daddy 
and your mom, when you're on probation or parole, I don't remember which, high on dope, run from the cops, and not expect to get knocked upside the head. That was the consensus in the 90s, right? That's just the way it was in the 90s. I I say that's probably the good consensus. <laughs> right. So, but six, eight months, a year later, I'm down. We had what's called in-service training, and we were at Lou Law's training, and they had some hotshot lawyer from the attorney general's office, and he said, I don't know what they teach you guys in this pinnacle of professionalism, but... <clears throat> I assure you, if you hit a piece of guy, and he had my use of force blown up on an overhead projector, I assure you, if you use a piece of firewood to beat a subject into until he's in custody or so, something to that effect, you will get garner scrutiny. And I raised my hand, and he goes, yes, you in the second row. And I said, I didn't beat him until he was in custody. He was already in custody when I hit him. And he said, are you serious? You're the guy? And I said, yeah, I'm the guy. And I said, he had taken a chunk out of Ronnie's neck. You know? So what were you So he says, well, did they, since you're going to, since you're willing to admit it, where did would you have learned firewood techniques here in this academy? And I said, well, we actually learned straight baton techniques. And the principles are all the same. The only thing different between the piece of firewood and my straight baton is one of them smoother than the other. That's the it's long, it's cylindrical, and it's it's a piece of wood. <laughs> Could they argue that? Well, he wanted to, but I mean, I had the room by that time. They were laughing. <laughs> Because by God, you know, when you're in Rome, you do as the Romans. You know what I mean? If I and I told him that, I said, you know, if I wanted to come to your office and screw with you, I'd write a freaking brief, right? But when you're out there in Tommy Hilfiger land or Tommy Hillbilly land, I mean, you got to you got to chop wood when it's time to chop wood, buddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just the way the world works. <laughs> oh, that's great. So. <laughs> anyway, that's my story for the night. But next week, I'll tell you about it was another cold, dreary night, and I tried to use some an ass on a dude, and he said, if you hit me again, I'll shove it up your ass. <laughs> so I wish I had a piece of firewood that time because that little <laughs> fancy stick didn't do nothing to that cat, but he was a real tough guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.